0: Baseball. Basketball.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fantasy Keeper League Pod. It's episode 10, week 11. As always, I'm your host, Khan Khatri. Joining to my left, as usual, it's Mikael Huchimara. Hey, everyone. And our surprise special guest of the week is none other than reoccurring guest, James Del Bracco from the Big Apple. Welcome, Jim. Hello, hello, hello. I'm live from Bed-Stuy. Live from bedside, literally in your bed right now. Yeah. How about yeah. that. How's your uh, bedside experience been so far, Jim? Has has the, has the uh, big city everything
0: you dreamed of and that much more? A week ago, or I guess like five days ago, I like saw right outside my apartment, uh, some cop like tasering this dude, and like so.
1: That's
0: good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So how's that different from Philly, exactly? Uh, I don't know, nothing. It's not different. The whole Seems whole like, like mm-hmm.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad to see that you're that you're doing well up there. I know you and I had a very contentious match last week, where a lot of week before last, where a lot of shit was talked, trash was thrown. And we then since moved on our respective ways and had some other games we'll talk about today. So, yeah, let's turn it over to Ho to talk about the, uh, the Week 10 recap. Sure. Yeah, let's start with the game of the week. Uh, I'm awarding this one to the matchup between Ilya and Steve Foltz, in which Ilya came away with a 139-136 to victory. It was a close win for him to get him into good playoff position at 5-5. Five um, I think he's floating up top uh, in the fifth spot right now because he has the uh, uh, points tiebreaker. Um, he was shockingly able to survive the infamous one-yard rushing performance from Saquon Barkley, uh, which was... He really doesn't deserve to survive that. but Yeah, I mean, I, I would think that, like, the, how Saquon goes, his team goes as well. But um Lamar Anything Jackson, is possible when you play Steve Fultz. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Um, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens defense. They came and they took care of business for his team. Um, a couple other soft performances that I'm, I'm looking at. Um, actually, not really that many, because Devin Singletary also kind of busted. Um, King and Drake not really having a good game. Chris Guywin's been normal lately. But uh, anyway, still enough to get 139 points. Um, on the other side, for uh, for Steve Foltz starting the right quarterback, good for him. Yeah, I think I think he's gotten the handle on that. So congrats to that. Anytime um, you can figure out which quarterback to start around like week ten is usually when you're in good shape. Yeah. So I feel like uh, Joe Mixon is back, but David Johnson had one of the worst games I've ever seen out of a professional running back, and um, it translated. With the fancy points, um, zero points, but not for a lack of touches. Had some negative runs, a fumble, uh, just no effort being put out. I don't know if he's hurt or just wants
0: to retire already, but uh, not good. So I mean he really hit a wall like I, I don't do you think there's any player that like claim it season in a defensive line as a wall? I mean, he, he, he's put up 25, 18, 22, 19, 28. And then he just dropped off since week seven. Like, he, he was, like, a good RB1, possibly could have led, led the league. And he's now, like, completely useless.
1: There was a play where they kind of did, like, a sweep motion to him. And he hit, like, he was supposed to hit the hole, like, towards the side. And as soon as he got there, he got blown back for a tackle which I've never seen him, like, initiate and then be thrown backwards. So there's yeah. definitely got to be something going on with that. Yeah, I think so, too. I think all signs point to injury. But um uh, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the matchup between your your guests and yours truly, in which Jimmy beat me by a score of 175 to 143. Um, this one was actually... It was a high-scoring uh, match pretty early, and it was close until, like... 75% of the way through the early Sunday games. Um, and like I talked about last week, having uh, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey both going up against Pat Mahomes. It seemed like it was working early on because, um, like, 95% of what Mahomes was was doing was going to them. Um, they ended up with touchdown each. But um, at some point in quick succession, uh, Pat Mahomes threw a 62-yarder to Nicole Hardman. Uh, Kenny Galladay caught like a 48-yard touchdown before the half or something like that. Um, and the tide quickly turned. You're um, like, they're not going to throw to Mark Andrews anymore. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Andrews. <laughs> yeah, and he so got like 155 like, <laughs> <another> <laughs> points after that. Um, and then Dalvin Cook essentially put it away on Sunday night. So uh, 175 points for Jimmy. That's that's the new reality with his team now. I mean, I'm sure you can talk about more. But adding Pat Mahomes to that already explosive situation, I think um, it's gonna put you over the top in this league, basically. Yeah, I'm just go ahead, Jim.
0: I think I think like the the problem with like our matchup and like this is just a like, pure bad luck. Is that like you were you could beat like so many other teams this week and other teams that like. Look, like, Ann, who's in playoff, who's fighting for a playoff spot, yeah. it's just like just had nobody to really go up against. You know what I mean? And like even like even if you were playing like John Polino or someone else like that, so you just it's just like really like luck of the draw. But yeah. I it no players like even Jim Samuels, even Samuels didn't do terrible for you. So I feel like it's just like you can't do you can't really do anything about it.
1: I'm gonna have to interrupt you because. I have a line specifically for him. I kept saying, if you need someone to turn, like, 15 touches into 30 yards, that's Jalen Samuels. He's your man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm like, ecstatic that James Conner is back and playing tomorrow because that means I could get this bum off of my team, get the stink off of it, um, finally move on with players that want more. But, um, yeah, we can talk about the luck of the draw later regard, regarding um, the matchup the rest of the way. Um, But for now, we're going to move on. We want to talk about uh, Mishi and John Poeno's game in which Mishi won 149 and 133. Um, The biggest surprise is probably Ryan Tannehill doubling up Drew Brees. Um, That is probably a surprise going more towards Drew Brees scoring 11 points against the Falcons. Uh, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, And... On top of that, one of the strangest occurrences that happened this season, Cooper Cup was held to zero points despite playing the whole game. Uh, which, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Cooper Cup averages like nine targets a game I and mean, he hasn't had a game of like fewer than. I'm so fucking five. glad. Not for John, but Cooper Cup was winning people leagues and that's fine, but I think there's some semblance of like statistical karma that has to come into play and he was just fucking flirting with the variance is way too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that, so, not John once but someone definitely, other people lost their games because they expected Cooper Cup to have 20 points and he had zero. All right, he went from uh, the 220-yard game to zero. So still a good average for two weeks. You hate to see it. <laughs> you hate to see it. Um, for Mishi, 24-plus from Landry McCaffrey, plus another 30 on top of that from the Steelers defense. Um, good showing overall from John Paulino. Uh, Michael Thomas and Derek Hendry had over 32 points each, but in the end it was Mishi Walking with a 13-point victory. Uh, We're going to talk about Ant's victory versus Shane, like Jimmy alluded to, was a low-scoring affair, and and it was a bit of a luck-of-the-draw win for Ant, but a much needed one nonetheless. take taken to five and five, um, hovering around six or seven. I'm not exactly sure in terms of the standings. Nothing really impressive from his team besides Ronald Jones with a 22-point performance. Uh, Sometimes it's all you needed. I feel like Ronald Jones, I like a month ago probably said it was going to be a breakaway uh, league winner kind of candidate, but it didn't come to fruition. He's still, I think, a good solid starter. I want to award Anthony Benani the Ford F-150 lunch pail hard hat gritty win of the week. for The fact that Players like Jameson Crowder, Ronald Jones, mm-hmm. fucking Eric Ebron, Harrison, but like they came through, you know, who didn't come through the superstars, Matt Brita, the Tyler Lockett's <laughs> the Minnesota defense, These supers, these superstar divas who need to be pampered, who need to be coddled, who they need to be style, consistently big. given attention to when you just have Eric Ebron fucking coming to work every day, punching in, punching out nine. And speaking of Divas, uh, you guys want to talk about Jerry Goff's 3.7 points. Uh, probably one of the most disappointing stat lines. Again, it goes hand-in-hand with Cooper Cup that we talked about earlier, but just not good at all, man. Um, what else we got? Hey, shout-out to OJ Howard, who... Finally did a thing. Yeah, it looks like a real player. So congrats on that. He had one reception. No, he had Jeremy. one receiving touchdown. Okay. Yeah. That was entirely cut off of my screen. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, bench, bench like, bench, 10, I mean, 60 points. That's good.
0: Yeah, a trend I see is, like, there's so many players that, like, O.J. Howard's stat, like, stats at the end of the year are going to be like look good, because he's probably going to have, like, one game with 20, one game with 15, one game with, like, 30, and he's end up with, like, 100 points. And people are like, oh, that's not that bad. It's like, Twelfth ranked tight end.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the uh, like, uh, what's his face, McDonald effect
0: from the Steelers. Oh, did he have
1: like a good end of year last year, and people thought it would carry over this year? Yeah, I mean, it happens every year. Um, You you think someone's going to give you like a solid eleven points? He's like, okay, that's my third receiver there, but like half of that came in like week sixteen when no one's no one cares about anything. But um, yeah, so moving on. Gonna talk about, uh, We're going to start talking about these blowouts that happened. Um, John uh, beating Jeff 135 to 86. Uh, the 135 points was actually uh, down a week by John's standards, but even <laughs> then, <laughs> uh, he has enough playmakers every week to always have someone come up with good performances like uh, Aaron Jones with three touchdowns, 27 points, and Amari Cooper with 32 points team um, is just another week of like inflated names who are like perpetually fantasy disappointments at this point. Uh, Odell Beckham, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell ended up with nineteen points, which is good for him now, but it's kind of sad. And you know, seventeen in points, hindsight, but... yeah, like seventeen points is good for Le'Veon Bell now. You're happy with that, you know? Yeah. Um, finally. Being Brian 137 to 76. Um, again, not really much to say about it here because this one was kind of over before it started. Um, when you're starting the Rams third string tight end and John U. Smith and uh, Daryl, the Rams second AJ string Brown. running back, yeah. the Bears second string running back, the Falcon striker single wide receiver, the Rams third string wide receiver. The 49ers should be their second string quarterback, but it's currently their first string quarterback. Yeah, you do have those issues. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's as far as we're going to get into it as far as the recap. So there you have it. Yeah, that was quick, that was fast, that didn't deserve that much time because you have this many blowouts, you don't get talked about that much. So if you want your team to have more content in this medium, do better, Brian. I think I'm, I'm- Shane. I'm kind of um, encouraging people still starting uh, players, like they don't have any empty spots come game time. Well, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I would like fight someone if they if If we were fucking recording like an hour and a half podcast and motherfuckers couldn't take twenty seconds to put (laughs) a tight end in. Yeah, I will show up to your place of employment and complain. File a complaint. All right, we're going to keep moving on ahead with a bunch of different topics. So the next one, I think we want to talk about the forecast for this upcoming week. I know there's a lot of like playoff implications and other things to talk about. We have a separate segment for that entirely that we'll kind of uh, jump into after the fact. Um, But before before we do that, we'll talk about the forecast uh, and we'll kick it off with my matchup against Steve Fultz because I want to talk about it the least. I am the fourth seed going up against the eleventh seed. He is two and eight, seven and three. It's my record. I am projected to win most likely. I just wanted to kind of look at this matchup and then ask you guys like a couple like quick hitting questions and then kind of move on to the next one. Uh-huh. So in uh-huh. terms of Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott, um, are you guys giving the win to either one or is it a wash? Hope.
0: I'm Hope. giving the win
1: to the one who's probably going to play, which is
0: Dak Prescott. I don't think Matt is All right, pretend it's... Okay, fine. Dak, Dak, even if it's James, like, it's Dak all the way.
1: All right. Uh, we have David Moore, Julian Edelman, and possibly Marvin Jones Jr. Definitely him going up against Michael Gallup, <laughs> Allen Robinson. Yeah, it's <laughs> your team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of just, like, a wide receiver advantage, in terms of just having the flexibility and optionality of being able to start, depending on matchups, is there a clear cut winner in
0: this case? Um, that would depend on Allen Robinson. If Allen Robinson has a... If you think Allen Robinson's going to have a good game or a potential, I, I guess Kubitsky.
1: He plays in Chicago.
0: Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the issue. It's like, they're just not... But I still think... I like Gallup a lot.
1: Okay. Uh, moving, want, yeah, said, uh, moving on ahead to the running back situation, which I think is a little bit more of a meatier matchup that we can kind of discuss a little bit more about. Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery going up against the three-headed monster of Josh Jacobs, David Johnson, um, and Joe Mixon. And it's very interesting because if you would have told someone before the – Jim, can you still hear me?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know why he uh, messaged me that and ruined the sanctity of this podcast.
0: But if it's you're going kind to of compare – I'm bringing it down
1: that's fair thank you for being the, uh, the heckler at, in our side to make sure that our production value is consistently like pushing ahead without any disruptions mm-hmm. um, if you told someone before the season started that they would be responsible for having David Johnson on their team Joe Mixon on their team and definitely like the next best like young running back superstar mm-hmm. you think they'd be in pretty good shape yeah that's not what happened to uh, folks. Yeah, we need to do a retrospective on his team because I keep saying like, oh, he's a punchy one and seven. He's a punchy what is he now, two and eight. <laughs> yeah. um, We've been saying he's punchy while he's getting his ass fucking beat the fuck down, stabbed, but just shot. Last, but just last week, gag, blindfolded, week. and left in an alley. Just last week, he scored one hundred thirty six points. But it's, yeah, I mean Joe Mixon, he's. Maybe finally, good, like getting better. He's been awful. Start the year. David Johnson, like Jimmy said, like is on a very fast sandhill slope. He's injured slash just doesn't care anymore. Um, Josh Jacobs is uh, amazing. I have to go back and see what I said about him at the start of the year, where I said I would pick certain couple of guys over him. I don't remember who, but I'd, I'm thinking probably that's like wrong now because he's been very very good. So so good. Um, all, right. all right, so you guys.
0: Say that again, Jim. Sorry. Fultz has as many points against him as Mishi has points that like, he scored. Like, I think people you like, underestimate like, how much. Because Fultz didn't have games where he was playing John or me when we were putting up like 170, 180. He had consistently like 150 games. Like, he was going against people where like, even if he put up 130, like last week, he would have just lost. Like, I think I don't think his team is as bad as people are putting it out to be. Like,
1: no, I think I, there's a
0: few teams that are worse.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've given his team a proper amount of respect in terms of saying, like, he's in most matchups when we do the, the forecasts. Anyways, speaking of respect, who are you going to win to? Um, I mean, actually, I, I, I took... Like we're talking about in the next segment, I sat down and went through these matchups, and I, I give the edge to you. So um,
0: that's what I'm going to stick with for the sake of consistency. James. Uh, upset of the week. for oats beats Kant, and Kant scores less than 100 points.
1: Oh, wow. All right. I cannot wait for me to forget that you ever said that and not uh, rub it back in your face again. Like, can I, can I just ask what?
0: I'll give you guys dinners.
1: <laughs> Can I just ask what combination of things you expect to happen that will lead to Kant scoring under 100 points?
0: Yeah, so I think I, I think David Montgomery bust. I think sure. Marvin Jones Jr. is a quiet dad. Sure. I think James And I think Michael Gallup and Dak Prescott hook up for two long touchdown passes. Uh, and I don't think David Johnson actually actually plays and I think he puts in Courtland Sutton, and Sutton has like a a good deep a deep ball. And that's how he that's how he does it.
1: Alright, so yeah, I don't think Matt Staffords is gonna play, first of all. If he doesn't that means your other option is
0: James Oh, Winston. I'm sorry, I'm
1: definitely playing James Winston against uh, the Saints New Orleans. Yeah, that's not a good matchup though. It's a great <laughs> matchup. He play I mean no, it's a bad matchup for any quarterback. For James Winston, it's a perfect matchup. <sighs> He put up 22 points against them last time. He thrives in situations of 99% of the time he creates that adversity himself. But the 1% of the time when he goes up against divisional, amazing superstar defenses, he somehow surprises beyond belief. And I think that's what's going to happen again this weekend. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So moving on ahead to the next matchup, we have... Our guest, I know we usually go, you know, one way or the other, but I decided to talk about me first. (laughs) Uh, We have, uh, because it's fucking, look at this fucking matchup. It's Jim versus Brian. Right now, Yahoo has Jim at an eight, well, Brian needs to put a kicker in, but I don't think it's really going to change many things. He he has Jim at an 87% win percentage, which is higher than, I feel like you said you saw one like a while ago that was pretty high. This is definitely the highest one that I've seen. Um hey, Brian's gonna get double though, no doubt about it. Right. And I I was like looking for things that there were to kind of talk about between this matchup in terms of like, you know, Jim has obviously this very hardy stack squad, top to bottom, Pat Mahomes, Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, uh, Devontae Adams. He's on a vibe, but like this a wide receiver, then like on the running back side, like Cook, Kamara, Andrews is a tight end, Hopkins is another fucking wide receiver very, very um, – it's not a chink in that armor necessarily. Comparing it to Brian's team, which we already went over, where he just has a bunch of, like, second-string players, there's nothing where you can really kind of draw out, like, oh, yeah, maybe the Saints will be better than the Buffalo defense. Like, yeah, maybe Raheem Mostert um, – because Tevin Coleman came up limping last week, and Matt Breed is unlikely to play. So maybe Raheem Mostert has a 4 touchdown game or something. Other than that – um, and maybe he catches all four of those sessions from Jimmy Garoppolo, which is Brian's quarterback. I mean, that's basically like the only outcome I see to make this close and competitive. Yeah, Jim, are,
0: do you have any... Well, what are your comments about this matchup? Because um, I, I don't think, have that many. I think everyone should go to Dalvin Cook's Twitter and spend the $33.33 to buy a shirt of his uh with him as a it's like his head like a cartoon character the chef hat and it goes towards uh feeding hungry families that's all i had to say
1: is there some kind of like tagline about like the cook in the kitchen or not the chef hat on like kiss the chef mm-hmm. i guess it's pretty telling his name is fucking cook yeah. all right so we're rewarding the win to jim i would imagine yeah I think Jim is awarding the win to Jim, I would also imagine. Yeah, of course. And we're going to move right along to the next matchup between Ilya and Anthony Benani. We have a pretty decent matchup. I know it doesn't look like that on paper, but it definitely is when Ant actually gets a chance to put his uh, starters in. Ilya is going to have Lamar Jackson going up against Philip Rivers on the wide receiver end. Ilya's going to have Chris Godwin. Tyler Boyd, maybe Robbie Anderson going up against Jameson Crowder, maybe Nikhil Harry. And that's really it. There's nothing really else to say about the wide receiver situation for Ant right now. Going on to running backs. And by the way, waivers went through earlier this morning, not tomorrow morning. Uh, Going back to running backs, Devin Singletary and Kenny Drake for Ilya versus Matt Breida and Eric Ebron, not Eric Ebron, Ronald Jones for Ant. I think that's the one matchup I would feel okay giving to Ant just based on what could possibly happen. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Man, I, yeah, I mean, regardless who's the starter for the Cardinals and running back, they're playing the 49ers, so I don't think anyone's going to do that well. Nope. But the flip side of that is Matt Breed, I don't think, is going to play. Uh, yeah, I he's uh, not going to. James White, James is White actually is. Spot. So James White, you could basically pencil him in for like 12 points. Um, Devin singles here might go off against, the uh, Dolphins. That's my, that's not concerned. That's my like line of thinking here. I think I would give the edge to, um, Ilya who's fostered kind of a reliable group of running backs as the season has gone on. Um, and it's really coming to fruition now with the exception of, of course, Saquon Barkley having one, rushing yard last week. Yeah, and then you get these matches where like, the output scoring can be low, and in that case, it favors the first three of Lamar Jackson on their team, who's capable of 40 points. So there's just too many things lining up in mm-hmm. Williams' favor. Mm-hmm.
0: Jim, do you have any uh, what do you think, Ben, looking at this matchup? I think James White and Sanders will be in a dump-off game where you're going to have like them get like six receptions, like 45 yards and a touchdown, and that was going to lift Ant over uh over Ilya.
1: Well yeah, yeah. I think uh likely to catch like a 60 yard than like a hundred dump dump-offs. I just love how Elia refuses to drop Josh Gordon from his team. <laughs> yeah, just <He's laughs> fucking I've just never seen someone just reserve oh, need, a fucking to, spot on their bench. We need to talk about this trade that fell through with me and Ilya. Cause he got too high on the weed brownie to finish yeah. it. before. The are you gonna Are you gonna actually reveal the trade? And no, I'm that? not gonna reveal the trade. But okay. It. It. Would you like to yell at Jim for not approving it? Yeah, I feel like it's really unfair, Jim. Like he's literally smoking weed right now. In front. Of <laughs> yeah,
0: him. I didn't forget.
1: The but he refuses to <laughs> to put it through. Cause he's he's the Evo Morales of this league, basically. Yeah. A hard dictator. Who needs to be run out of town? But I digress. Um, I don't. I don't remember what we were talking about. Miles Sanders and James
0: okay. White. So I have Our a question best- for you guys. Do oh, you God. think Ant will be? Do you think Ant didn't do his pickups because he was too distracted doing F forty five with the misses? <laughs> Dude,
1: what is F forty five?
0: It's the for king of wrestling? like, like uh, I guess like hit type workout thing. Like you ever oh, see
1: stuff like that? Was that? Is is just out here in like Orange Theory fucking getting
0: his uh, pump he's on? Like, he's in the King of Prussia area with Allie They do the 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 uh, he's, he's, We should all do that we're, one. We're
1: gonna we have all. the
0: fittest. We're gonna have the
1: fittest fucking twelve man roster ever. We should do six on six football. Yeah. Because, are you including me in that? Yeah. God damn, dude! I can't get up without my head getting lightheaded. That's fine. One fucking concussion from Jim, and your head will be exactly in the right spot. <clears throat> Dude, Jim, I haven't seen him from the head down in like a year, but he probably has. Yes, yeah, someone was someone saying something about like fighting Jim, and I'm like, I don't think you understand the concept of yeah. like Jim will come like that DK Metcalf meme where the guy's like walking into the fucking uh, <laughs> restaurant husky as fuck shirtless. He's gonna, he's gonna pick he's me just up. Like this is this is Jim fucking coming to beat up Hope for trying to trade Ilya after the trade deadline. <laughs> if we play <laughs> he's gonna pick me up like Brian Dawkins and just, just drop me up. Slam you into yeah. the fucking ground. Oh, my God. All right. Who are we giving this one to? I, I say Ilya. I'm still giving it to Ilya. Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson, Jackson said always. that he's uh, giving it to to Banani. Okay. Uh, moving, moving on from that, we're going to talk about uh, Jeff versus Shane, which is a pivotal matchup in the sense, like I think there's a couple teams in like that middle tier of league standings we'll talk about that really need to get some of these wins, Jeff being one of them. Yeah. So he's facing off against... Shane, which for the time being seems like a pretty even matchup. We're going to have Matt Ryan go up against Tom Brady on the receiver side. uh, Jeff is able to throw out there. Chark, Odell Beckham. He's probably not going to start anyone else. Versus Juju Schuster um, and Marquise Brown on Shane's side. On the running back end, we have Eckler and Bell versus Mack and Hunt. Plus, Jeff has Gurley on the flex, and then finally Shane was able to pick up the Falcons next two week starter, Brian Hill. Um oh, yeah. yep. uh for for the time being. So I think the quarterback thing is kind of like one way. That I don't really care about that. I think the wide receivers are really interesting because you have like a volatile group in Chark, Odell now, Juju definitely, and Brown. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like who do you give the advantage to, what you thinking over there? Uh well, DJ Chark is the greatest receiver to ever race the field, which is the only reason why he would fetch the trading cards of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so I going give the edge there. Okay, to Jeff. He should foreclose any output from oh, yeah, a. Yeah. He's basically, like from a Moss. pedestrian Al yeah. Beckham or anything else. Okay, got yeah, it. for I got sure. It. Got it. Got it. Okay.
0: What about you, Jim? Uh, well, I think that since Chark has Nick Foles back in the back under center. He's going to put up 40 points, but <laughs> it's still not going to be enough for, uh, for Jeff to beat Shane.
1: Damn, that was quite a twist because I thought you were going to definitely get the, the
0: the win, too. No, him. but uh,
1: but but honestly, my thoughts are this is, like, dead close because you have one, like, young receiver going up against, um, what, I guess, a good matchup uh, in DJ Chark and Marquise Brown versus two, like— uh, disappointing receivers, and Odell Beckham and Juju Smith-Schuster um, going head to head. So it's, I think this is as close as it can get. But um, I would give the edge to Jeff. I think. Okay. Uh, I think the running back battle is a little bit more interesting. They're both for the time being going to start three of them: uh, Eckler, Bell and Burley versus Mac Hunt and Hill. Really weird matchup. Um, like, obviously, Bell and Gurley are, like, are, and Mac are the mainstays, but Kareem Hunt in, like, a secondary role, Hill as a backup, um, Eckler as that, like, secondary role, it's a very, like, interesting mishmash of, like, running back coming together with, like, yeah. I'm definitely seeing a wide range of kind of outcomes, especially for someone like Hill, especially for someone like Gurley, he could have zero points, You could have, like, 20 points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so personally going to give the edge to chef just because he has like bell and Gurley getting like that volume well i mean i don't want to turn on Gurley because i feel like i've been defending him all year but i'm finally ready to just say that he's he sucks now um because oh yeah he's not good he's definitely not good he only he he was basically not in the game in the quarter um he oh but he still had 19 carries huh well, he no, had 12, 12, carries, 12 carries, and he had 10 before that. He don't think it's a volume. Like, it's 18, 10, 12. Like, it's there. So, it's, yeah, it's what I'm saying. Like, he had 12 carries for 72 yards but no catches and no touchdowns. So, he like, he, like, he can do all three of those things. He just hasn't put all those three things together once this year, which is extremely frustrating. Oh, yeah. I'm fully expecting Todd Gurley positive game script games to influence his outcome. Not necessarily his, like, actual, like, skill set. So so you're giving you wanna, it to, uh, do you want to answer for me? Um, no, I I think his his over bloated star players are going to continue to disappoint. <laughs> uh, I think I'm ready for some fresh <laughs> Brian Hill action. All yeah. right, all right. Well, Caroline is really bad us to run. Um, the Falcons they're not going to phone it in. They're like the uh, Steve Holtz of the NFL. So, mm. all right. Well, Jim, do your thing and uh, defend top early and say a running back 1.5 or whatever the fuck.
0: He's a running back too. <laughs> yeah, running back too. So this goes back to what I was saying earlier where if you look at yeah. like the 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 season total for all these all these players and you mm-hmm. have the top you have the top running backs there's really like only like three players that have been consistent but mm-hmm. like Gurley's like not Gurley just needs to turn it on in the playoffs and it's like the Rams' offense has also been inconsistent. That's the
1: issue. What? As my mom would say, you
0: can't. You can want to turn it on, but you can't turn
1: arthritis off.
0: No, I don't. I don't think he's as he's as banged up as as when I see him run, like like to the eye test. I think his issue is that he's on an offense that can't move the ball like at all. So it's like, what are you going to do? And they're not passing on the ball enough. So it's like you're just kind of stuck, like getting like. Three yard, three yard gains, and then having a three and out, and then playing from behind or like playing where your offense isn't moving the ball at all. You can't.
1: Would you ever make that excuse about Le'Veon Bell on the Jets?
0: Yeah, that's why I think Le'Veon. I th- but I think Le'Veon Bell is much healthier and much better.
1: Okay, so yeah, I guess I was under the
0: impression that they were kind of in the same tier, but I guess no. I think Bell's on. Bet- I think once Bell goes to a new team, he'll be much better. He like, actually like, has flashes of, of, of like an yeah. elite player.
1: I just think it was very obvious before the season started, based on where, how it ended last year, that he was not going to be a running back who could transcend his circumstances like some running backs could. And that has proven, at least so far, to
0: be leaning towards true. He Girl. could end up having a crazy... Girl. Gurley's a 26th ranked back. So you have people in the top 25 that are like Philip Lindsay, like David Johnson's in the top 25. Like there's been so many dud games by so many running backs except for like the top five that really like Gurley will just have to have like a 25, 30-point game and then now he's back in the discussion of like a top 10 play.
1: Uh, I don't think that'll get him from 26 to 10,
0: but... It might get him to like fifteen. If he has the difference right now is he is... it's like yeah, I think it will get I think you're right. Yeah, fifteen. I think he get like levy on Bell Philip Lindsey territory.
1: Yeah, I think just based on everything, I'm still giving uh the the edge over all the shame just based on the volume thing. It sounds oh, like me- Hove Hope is not Jim is. Um well wait, wait. I uh yeah, I don't want to contradict myself. When I was doing my, <laughs> my uh, predictions for the rest of the season, I gave Jeff a win here. So I think it's close, but yeah, I mean, I guess Jeff's names do win out. As much as I love Brian Hill, I, mean, I got to give it to Jeff. Does Jeff play Mishi at any point in the season? Um, no. Maybe, fuck. No. Never mind. I was hoping that Jeff could play Curtis Samuel against Mishi and beat him for the player that he <laughs> dropped. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving, moving it along, we're going to talk about the matchup between Mishi and John, which we think is Damn. the matchup of the week. Yeah, we need the number one overall squad, Little Chuzz Big Boy, is standing at a stellar 9-1, and one, facing off against always sunny Mishi Etienne at a second-best record in the league. With no one else tied, eight and two. Uh, the quarterback matchup, not the greatest one, but there might be something below the surface. Uh, John has Derek Carr starting, and Mishi has Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Can we talk about how <laughs> having both Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson? <laughs> <first few> times, <laughs> drop another... Hey man, he, he had this he had the strategy. He was he was going for um, completion, and he wanted to be able to have the best starters week in and week out, and yeah. that's why you're starting. This meticulous <laughs> draft planning could not account for this <laughs> overlap. Yeah. I mean, not that it matters. He's a number one overall pick, and a loss really isn't going to get him to a place where he's scared of losing that first round buy. Yeah, we just gotta pick our spots. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so that, that's definitely that's definitely a good one. Well, he also traded his both of his tight ends, and now Austin Hooper's <laughs> out yes. for a month.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, I live the shit. It's amazing. <laughs> He's gonna be out, I think, a month, right? Yeah. Yeah. You try this, Kelsey. Got I mean, I would, that's obviously something I would have done, and would have uh, regretted it afterwards. So yeah, I guess that's that's exactly what ha- What happened there with, with that? Uh, the rest of the matchups really quickly, just going through the wide receivers, uh, John has Mike Evans and Julio Jones and Amari Cooper going up against Stephon Diggs for Mishi, Jarvis Landry and Terry McLaurin. While that is like a battle of like heavyweights, like six like top tier-esque wide receivers, I unfortunately do have to give the edge to John there. Um, I just think that having Julio, Mike Evans and Amari Cooper, one of those dudes is going to go for like 30 plus and yeah. that's going to be the difference. Uh yeah, I agree, but I think it will be I think he'll get enough from Jarvis Landry, Stefan Diggs. Uh maybe Tierra Glorn de- yeah, t- okay. depending on how you feel about the Jets defense, which seems like reinvigorated. Um I, I feel like there'll be enough to, yeah, to keep it close. Jim, what are you thinking about this battle
0: of the Titans? Uh I think it's gonna come down to c- can John get enough points from whoever, whoever he's like having his tight end right now, because Which is I think that's going to be such a close game that he's going to need like six to eight points. And that's hard to find off the waivers.
1: Right.
0: So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna give it to Mishi in a close one.
1: Yeah. And then going on to the running backs, Mishi is starting Christian McCaffrey and Mark Ingram against John, who's going to have Nick Chubb and James Conner. Once again, the best late plans run awry when Aaron Jones is on a bye and James mm-hmm. Conner is like kind of teetering in terms of his performance the last few games. As, as in, uh hasn't been playing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of teetering by the... Uh, well, I mean, like 25 He's 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 averaging eight points a game, just over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am giving that matchup to Mishi, um, and I actually think that's going to be the difference in this game. I think the difference in running back points is going to be what uh, separates the two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mishi has a clear advantage. Um, I don't. Nick Chubb, he did pretty well with Kareem Hunt back in the mix, but I think they're going to mix it up. Oh, it's going to keep going down. He's not going to get those 30-point yeah. weeks anymore. It's going to lead to some more volatility from him. He might end up with, like, seven or eight points. Kareem Hunt has been fucking stewing on the side. What, did he, what was it? Domestic violence? What did he, do? he kicked a woman outside. When the All right. Elevator. Exactly. So, Jim, imagine you're the kind of guy that's um, likely to kick a woman. I might begin my domestic violence. Right. But just imagine, like, you're that kind of guy and this fucking... Archaic, patriarchal, white cracker, pasty league from his perspective, your perspective, not mine or anyone else's, is telling you you can't play 10 games. The only thing you want to do is get back on that field and fucking run people over. I think Kareem Hunt is hitting these games with like the force of like 10,000. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. like fucking. Ten thousand domestic abusers like uniting in their passion, and mm-hmm. I think that's going to play itself on the field. And unfortunately for John, hurt Nick Chubb's body. The force of ten thousand guys punching a hole through the wall at the same time. The force mm-hmm. of like ten thousand dads fucking <laughs> slamming a glass ceramic a ceramic plate against the wall after Benson and Spritz, and and his wife like yeah. their wives they kind of like shudder because yeah. they're like oh fuck. just sound. Clean it up. Yeah.
0: You know, straight up Um, Do you think... Like, Finish, like, their homework. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, so do you think Julio... So he has Julio Jones, he has Austin Hooper, and he has... Um, and he has Nick Chubb. Do you think at awesome. a certain point, like, during the playoffs or maybe sooner, like, is Austin Hooper done for the season? Because what do the Falcons have to play for and why injure a tight end for two weeks? Like, yeah. why Julio Jones? <laughs> F- football is the
1: only sport where it's like there's no uh, linearity to any of these like injuries it'll be like oh this person is like progressing it's like Deshaun jackson is not offered the season because he yeah. opted for season ending surgery and it could be the same for like hoover's like up oh, left the game on like a random like brush with a player and it's like he is now diagnosed with lymphoma and said like, okay he's just not going to be available for, for for the rest of the league so yeah that's that definitely something that could happen yeah um that's, I mean, that's actually a good question by Jimmy. I don't, because I, I, just today I saw that rapper report said he's out a month and then the team said, like, I don't know where that report came from. Um, so I basically have no idea. I don't know if they keep him out. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. You have, like, this year you have players coming out and just saying, like, getting in front of the story, like, Saquon Barkley saying, oh, I'm not sitting. Um, I'm going to play the whole season out. Um, And I think that's generally the case
0: with the NFL.
1: So I think he should be back there when healthy. But again, like, I don't really know.
0: I think it's different for Barkley, who was in the middle of the season. Like, it was like week three. Whereas, like, now you're like, they might just be like, what's the point? Like, we want to get a better pick. Like, Mike Smith's out. Like, we're just, or Dan Quinn's out. Like, we're taking, we're just, we just want to, like, just be at (laughs) it.
1: No, Barkley said that after the one-year rushing game,
0: because they're like, he's clearly,
1: um, like, oh. there's something wrong with him. But he was like, yeah, I'm not going to sit out. Interesting. Well, kind of wrapping this whole thing up, um, I'm still giving the win to Mishi, like I said about the running back thing. What about you guys? Oh, yeah, I absolutely uh, am giving the one to Mishi here. The biggest difference is he has Hunter Henry at tight end, um, which John could have had had he not gone too greedy for that fourth round pick, uh, versus whoever John has to pick up from the waiver wire. So, And also, like Christian McCaffrey, like his minimum is like 25 points. So I think I have to give the one to Mishi here. Fair enough. And then Misha. moving on... Oh wait! I don't know why I didn't ask Jim's opinion at all. But Jim, what is your
0: opinion? Uh, Mishi all the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's always classic, but accurate statement by you. All right, last matchup of the day. Hope yours once again. The yours truly thing. I'm really bad at using that phrase. <laughs> uh, there's truly hope versus <laughs> your guys is truly uh, versus John Paulino um, the ninth seed against the eighth seed just trying to kind of wedge their way and figure out their identity while who kind of makes that push. John, I don't know what the fuck John's doing. Um, he's trying to. No, no. In fantasy football, I'm just saying like, like fantasy oh. football, he's definitely John's like in a fucking Caribbean country right now having some women like teach him bachata and he's absolutely not interested in it. <laughs> yeah. He has absolutely what? no idea what's going on based off of the story that his... Uh, Wait, what, was the, <laughs> what was the thing John Polino said when he joined Slack and then never said anything ever again? <laughs> he was like, what's up, guy? He was I like, yo, I'm feeling, feeling this. this. <laughs> and then just never said anything ever again. So I feel like he instantly buys a one-way ticket yeah. to another country. He's like, yo, I'm feeling this country and then just relaxes, not saying anything. For me. <laughs> yo, I'm feeling this fantasy soccer league in, yeah. in Bolivia. Um, all right. <laughs> um, in terms of the matchups, we're going to have uh, Josh Allen going up against Drew Brees. I think that's just based on, on what's kind of been happening uh, with Brees and his injury and his status. I think that's pretty much a wash. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that matchup.
0: Uh, I think he bounces back and Brees has a really good game.
1: Interestingly, Breeze has thrown, like, 40 or more passes every single game he's completed this season, which is very un like I feel like. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think he doesn't get much yardage on his completions, though. Because, um, like, literally, I think 85% of their passing offense is just um, mid-range routes to Michael Thomas, hoping that he, like, breaks one off. Which, I mean, it's hasn't not worked for them, so they're going to keep trying that. But uh, it just didn't happen last week.
0: The only thing I want to say
1: is Josh Allen is playing against the Dolphins next week, which I think gives them a bit of a boost. But, yeah, I think it is going to be like a a toss-up, basically.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Moving on ahead to some of the more interesting uh, matchups. On the wide receiver side, you're going to be able to start Tyree Kill, John Brown, yeah, uh, so Michael Thomas and Cooper Cup. So I know you kind of talked about that a little bit. Cooper Cup had that um, relationship to game last week. Oh, sorry. Uh, John also has Muhammad Sanu as a flex. Um, in terms of the wide receiver, I feel like I'm going to give the edge at the end of the day to John just because I don't think Cooper Cup can have that kind of a game again. Um, yeah, me either.
0: Jim, in term- what are you thinking over here? I think Cooper Cup has a big game because it's a Sunday night game and Chris Collinsworth has to be like, don't you just love Cooper Cup? Like He, he goes out there and he makes the play and he knows how to run the routes and he's just, he's just something special. And that's ah, it. Have like- this
1: guy is in the wide receivers meetings and the quarterbacks meetings. He attends both meetings. <laughs> Do you know how much fucking gr- – no, I, I, so I fucking hate on Michael so much. Uh, Your opinion doesn't change if I substitute – A healthy Adam Thielen with John Brown does it? No, because he's definitely right. I don't know. He's questionable. He might play. I don't know. No, because they're even like Adam Thielen is like Rock is like Roxborough, like Mayfair White, and Cooper Cup is like Mainline Northeast Philly Main, like uh, not like fucking home circle Mainline White. And I think like all of the fawning of the media is like, for the mainline white, but oh, then yeah. all the Roxborough voters are the ones who have, like, Trump in office today. How, how mad do you think Adam's doing this with Cooper Cup coming in and stealing his his there Stick? Ah! I don't know. He's probably more upset at Travis Kelsey. I think he's more of in his, in his lane as, like, the cool hip-hoppy white guy, really? whereas Cooper Cup is more in, like, the doofy, like, bro mentality vibe, personally. I don't know anything about it. Jim, what are you? What are your? What are your thoughts on uh, some of these wide receivers and uh,
0: how they're trying to uh, establish their marks in the league? I mean, Cooper Cup and Thielen go back each year. Like, like last year was Adam Thielen. The year before that, it was Cooper Cup, who was the star. And they're all like, like each year they have like a really they have a good year, and then something happens.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Like, where's um, um, ACL or whatever?
1: Yeah. Uh, We're going to have to the running backs. Uh, Hove see, being able to start public Gordon and Leonard Fournette against, Jesus Christ, J.D. McKissage and Philip Lindsay. Um, Hove also has Kevin Coleman at his flex, and it does not seem like John is going to get another running back in there, so I'm obviously very easily able to give that matchup to Hove. Um But, oh, I just want to ask, what are, your, what, what are your thoughts on Leonard Fournette? Uh, what has he been for you this season? Just, I think the fact that he is so comically unable to score a touchdown. Uh, One rushing touchdown for the season. Yeah. Like, at some point, that turns into disappointment. Like, yeah, he's giving me a solid, like, an average of, what, 17 points a game. But it could be so much better if he could just, like, have enough win left at the end of the 60 year run to actually get it. Um, I've been saying like yeah, like statistically he has to like the statistics have to like come back to the mean or whatever the term is and he's gonna get the touchdowns back on track, but it just hasn't happened this year not I'm expected to. So um, I'm expecting another good, not great Leonard from that matchup here. Jim,
0: how are these running backs looking over to you? Three touchdowns for Leonard Fournette. On like sixty-seven yards, like fifteen rushes, um, and I think Melvin Gordon has big game. I think the Mexico City game's going to be like, is this going to be another Rams Chiefs? Like, it's going to be such a crazy game.
1: City game. Yeah, wow. the Kansas
0: First City three, Chargers game. So I think Melvin wow. Gordon's going to have a good a good game. I mean, I think Hove gonna going to just run away with this because. Like, he has more breakout potential.
1: I mean, I think I'm going to win, but I think the uh, Michael Thomas Cooper Cup combo is going to keep it close no matter what. Um, And a lot of it really depends on if George Kittle can play or not, too, which we haven't talked about yet. Well, that was going to be the next section, which is George Kittle is not playing um, this Sunday. Adam Schefter tweeted that out about 30 minutes ago. Really? So you do need a new. Well, he needs a new tight end. Jerry Cook on his bench. Huh. Yeah. He catches one pass a game? No, he catches a lot more. Ten targets last week. Wow. I think that John might have saved his ass by, like, skin of his teeth just having him on his bench. Yeah, but going up against Travis Kelsey, though. Yeah, Has he been good? Oh yeah, he's been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, eh, he's had like 13 points. Him and Cook both at 13 points last week. Um, yeah, I, I think. This o- last week. Oh no, the week before that he yeah, had 13, and then Cook at 13 last uh, week. But yeah, overall, I'm still. I just think that matchup, even if Cook matches Kelsey, I just think the running back difference is just too high to really kind of um, have the other differences. Uh, Bring that back into line. So I am giving to I am giving the uh, matchup there to Hove, uh, Jim. What about you?
0: Uh, Hove, hundred percent.
1: Nice. Hove, do you think you'll win? I do. I have me penciled down for a win here, and if I don't, then I'm releasing
0: everyone on my team and picking up keepers for next
1: year. So fair warning.
0: Well, awesome. I, am, I have money, so I'm good. <laughs>
1: All right, so for the next segment, we're, we're going to talk about the uh, notes from around the NFL, and then we'll end it with uh, some look-ahead to the uh, playoffs and kind of like an interview with Jim. So we'll see you guys in a bit. And welcome back to Notes from Around the NFL, my and yours favorite segment. The number one story that's circulating the airwaves is—no, imp- just kidding— Colin Kaepernick was just invited to a workout by the NFL this upcoming Saturday for the teams ahead of the Sunday games. And some of the backstory around this is apparently Colin Kaepernick had no idea that the NFL wanted to do the workout on Saturday and they notified him pretty like last minute, 72 hours in advance. And he asked for a deferment until Wednesday when I think the other kind of workouts happened Uh and they were very, very, Uh, Forcefully, we're like, no, you have to do it on Saturday, which is the day before all the teams are playing in their Sunday games, which means a lot of GMs and head coaches don't necessarily have time to think about that. And now there's some kind of rumors or some like reports coming out where initially the NFL said they would promise a list of teams that are going to be present at the workouts ahead of time to Kaepernick's side of uh, the equation, but then the NFL stuff they never did, and now people are potentially saying it's all like a marketing publicity stunt for the NFL, and it's not really meant to give Kaepernick like the equal uh, opportunity to compete for a roster spot. A lot going on, though, but it just came out of nowhere, so I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts about that.
0: Jim? Okay, so my my (laughs) thoughts are like, it's a little complex, so I think, I don't think it's like a necessarily attempt to To like fuck up Kaepernick. I think it's more the NFL was like, no, we need to do it with less fanfare. We can't have like any, we can't have that much media time because things will start to like unravel and like there'll be a narrative built. This way, they're like, oh, it happens this Saturday. It's only like 72 hours. It's not much time in the media. They can hide it behind all these other big things that are going on. And then they can just be like, "Well, we gave them a shot, and that's it." And then the teams can decide to do what they want to do. But I don't think the NFL is like setting them up for failure. I just think they're setting them up so they don't have to deal with like a whole round of of media talk for a week straight. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't think the NFL wants to talk about Colin Kaepernick anymore. Like all in fact like all the kneeling stuff just seems like it kind of went away and they're kind of glad that no one really talks about it anymore but um i guess i don't know my question is like why would they just uh re uh reinstigate any kind of contact with kaepernick in the first place if they don't really want to like talk to him or be associated with him anymore i think enough teams reach out to them and being like Listen, man, you're going to fucking make me go out there with fucking Sam Darnold as my quarterback again? Like, we need <laughs> we need some fucking options out here, man. Fucking, There's three Allens starting for the teams in the NFL right now. There used to be, like, one captain. Fucking Sean McVay's like, bro, you got Jared Goff as my starting quarterback. Do you think I can really fucking make it through the rest of the season like this? I think that's a release for so the NFL like, to have these it's workouts. like the coaches want him, but the front offices slash owners... Just don't? Is that what it is? Oh, no, no. I think like the front office, I think there's some front offices that also mm-hmm. like have inquired, have been inquiring. And I think it's been built, it's been building up like for, for some time. Yeah. And I think things have finally hit ahead like in the most injury filled part of the NFL season yeah. where the NFL has enough pressure mounted on it to be like, oh, fuck, like fine, we'll give you guys like your demands. But then they also don't want, In NFL fashion, they could have just done the thing that they should have done and had it on Wednesday with all the other workouts. It would have just kind of like it would have definitely been a story, but it would have been a part of the whole story. But their insistence on trying to control the narrative, their insistence on trying to make things only happen within the confines of what they see appropriate in their infinite wisdom decided to move it to Saturday because they thought it would be like a quicker media blitz. Instead, this is going to be a much bigger story than it should have initially have been
0: a big story regardless okay um no i think i think it's i think jay-z is is behind the whole thing like i think i think one of those things that they talked about was like how to improve like
1: roger goodell holding his coattails like
0: literally but i don't know if he's doing anything else besides that no no i i don't think he pushed for anything i think they kind of were like oh like what could work And they probably bounced around that idea of like, well, why don't you give Kaepernick a workout? Like, what could happen? And then they took it and were like, okay, let's do it in the best way for us possible so that we don't reveal that like, oh, no, this guy can still play. And we kind of fucked him for three years.
1: So, yeah, it'll be uh, very interesting what happens on Saturday, what happens in the coming weeks. I'm sure this is not the end of the story. It's probably just the beginning. Um. Going on to the next topic, uh, Jim. After last week's games, and after, apparently because you haven't heard the last podcast because of your fucking uh, protest against us, who are your top three MVP candidates as of today?
0: For for like the actual the NFL. Correct. Uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, definitely uh, Russell Wilson. And uh, I'm going to say Dalvin Cook.
1: Oh, wow. So that's never going to happen because running backs are never considered for the MVP. Yeah, if you are going to pick a running back here, it's 100% Christian, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey automatically. So there's no point in really adding any other running back to that. List. Yeah, who's the second best quarterback
0: worthy of MVP consideration this league this year? Do you? After Russ. I mean, I don't know, like, Rogers is going to – well, Lamar Jackson's obviously, like uh, – <laughs> MVP candidate, but to me, I think I think Davin Cook. Like, it depends on what these games are, because I do think I like I would put I put Lamar Jackson over Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. uh, of anything. But I I think that like it's gonna start to like really, like I think Davin Cook's MVP like candidate's gonna really go the next these next like five weeks. Like I'm big I'm high on that he's gonna like really like impact the Vikings playoff chances.
1: That's fair. Uh, Moving, actually kind of going off that, this past game on Thursday, which we wanted to talk about, uh, Thursday, Saturday, Saturday, Monday, Monday, Jesus Christ, Uh, Seahawks versus 49ers, uh, which is a thrilling, thrilling match that I fell asleep in the fourth quarter during, so I didn't actually fucking see. Was you (laughs) wake up for overtime at least? No, I woke up at like 8 a.m. Tuesday. (laughs) <laughs> to see that the Seahawks have uh, won. But yeah, it was a crazy game. Uh, very, like, defensive-minded like minded initially. Fucking, like, Bosa and uh, Clowney just fucking wrecking havoc. There's some other guy on the 49ers who's, like, also, like, couldn't work. Jaquiski Tart Maybe. And then eventually um, they got it to a point where the – I don't even know the fucking kicker's name for the 49ers, but he obviously oh. shanked. McLaughlin when shanked the kick in overtime and then the Seahawks were able to come back and win which is very really interesting because like this whole time everyone a lot of people were saying like the Seahawks hadn't really beat anyone and the 49ers they were perfect and unlike the Patriots they definitely had some like matchups that they had um, like tough opponents in yet they had still been managed, still been able to overcome them so seeing the Seahawks able to beat the 49ers does that shake up in terms of your guys' heads the NFC um, you know, top one, two,
0: three-tier teams? Just uh, I think the Seahawks... I always thought the Seahawks were better than the 49ers, so that doesn't change anything. Like, I think the 49ers are a playoff team, but I think the Seahawks win the division.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. You think the Seahawks are going to win the division over the 49ers?
0: Yeah, I think the Seahawks are better. The Seahawks did this, what, in San Francisco? <laughs> this is a hot take of the week.
1: Yeah, because Yeah, I mean, like... Like Khan said, the Seahawks. Forty Niners are really eight.
0: good. They haven't beaten
1: anyone versus the Seahawks. I think last couple of weeks they did go up against some quality
0: teams. That, who, man, who is the, Se- the, Se- the Seahawks have I feel like the Seahawks have beat somebody before this.
1: No. Nah. Well, I mean, the Bucks is the most recent one that I remember. They had to go to, I think overtime again, or like late in the fourth quarter to like squeak by with a victory. Um, They beat the Rams. Well, the Rams suck, though. The Seahawks are like a fucking theater major in, like, junior year of college. They can't have, like, a normal, like, this is how we're going to be for the rest of the games and the season, like, type trajectory. They just need to, like, bounce around and have, like, drama just within, like, their interpersonal players. But then even, like, play-to-play, game-to-game is like, Russell Wilson has fucking thrown one interception all season oh, here's the 49ers. Let me throw fucking, like, let me have turnover after turnover after, like, turnover. Yeah. Uh, we've been really good on offense and running and then like, our defense has been, like, so-so. Oh, let me have fucking Clowney become, like, fucking um, Reggie White possessed with fucking Lawrence <laughs> Taylor, like, for this. Like, they just do, like, the weirdest shit all the time in terms of, like, the outcome versus what you expect and I have no idea. Why. So, so, yeah. That's why Russell Wilson, in my opinion, is the MVP favorite. Because he's the thing that holds it all together. Uh, without him, like uh, I think, like even last week, especially last week, if you flipped Jimmy Garoppolo and Russell Wilson on the teams, then the 49ers win that game like mm-hmm. forty to zero. Because I mean, essentially, the Seahawks are gonna tank this year and kind of um, work towards next season. But Russell Wilson was like, no, fuck that, and just start Binge leading, yeah. Start, start leading like fourth quarter comebacks and um, close victories at the wazoo. Um, so it's, it's less about like, are they good or not? It's, is Russell Wilson lining up under center for them or not? In my opinion. Cause if it's a one possession game and there's like five minutes left, then if Russell Wilson's getting the ball, then I basically
0: give the win to them. What if well, my thing is the 49ers have played, have played the Brown Steelers, Bengals, Bucks, Rams, Washington, Panthers, and the Cardinals. So if you're going to tell me that the Seahawks haven't played anybody, then the only team the 49ers have really played that is as good as the Panthers. And I think in the NFL, like, just playing one good team and beating them is not enough or losing to one good team is not enough.
1: But I think it's fair because... It's fair to say that the 49 are better because they have handily won their games versus the Seahawks have squeaked by because of Russell Wilson. Hey, um, look, the Chargers,
0: the Chargers, like, like I think, I think, like, football doesn't matter if you handily win or you win by three points or whatever, you know, like, a win's a win. And at the end of the year, like, it's going to come down to just who won those close games. Like, that means the Seahawks are never out of it, whereas, like, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is able to win close games. So if their defense doesn't carry them, what's going to happen?
1: Yeah, I don't either. That's why I think – Then I say this – Oh, yeah, okay. No, I mean, that's fair. I don't think that takes away from where the 49ers find themselves, which is the large majority of the time not in a position to have that one. Yeah, I think that the – Yeah, the Niners, best thing going for them is that they don't put Jimmy Garoppolo in those situations. And then, yeah, we'll see if other defenses in the uh, playoffs can kind of mash that and get him in that position. Uh, all right, so that was kind of the comings and goings of the NFL this week. Not a lot of too ridiculous stories. I mean, I know, like, the Cleveland Browns, even though they won, they were kind of pretty fucking bad. I know that Cowboys-Vikings game was uh, pretty pretty ridiculous as well. Um, always good to see uh, a fellow NFC East rival lose. But besides that, there really wasn't like anything really popping off. So yeah. in that I think now is the time in this lifespan of this podcast to start talking a little bit uh, more in-depth about playoffs. And for that, I want to turn it over to Hov to go through some of the predictions we're all thinking of. Uh, yeah, so we had... We have three weeks left, which means that we have kind of more or less a clear picture of who is trying to make the playoffs, who's trying to get the uh, bye weeks, and so on. So we essentially wanted to put forth two questions and form two predictions around them. Um, number one, who gets the byes? And number two, out of the five, five and five and four and six teams, which two of those end up making the playoffs? So for the first question, uh, who gets the bias? The candidates are John at 9 and 1, Mishi at 8 and 2, Jimmy at 7 and 3, and Cotton at 7 and 3. So both of my co-hosts this week are in that mix, so I'm sure I'll hear their thoughts about it. Um, We already went through the week 11 uh, forecast. I think we said everyone wins or is likely to win week eleven, except for John. Um, but I went ahead and look forward to week twelve. Um, and I mean, I guess I should mention that as I was making this, I kind of expected more head-to-head matchups between the four candidates that I mentioned. But besides, um, besides, well, no, besides uh, Mishi playing John this week, there's no head-to-head matchups between those four for the rest of the season. Um, And week 12 is kind of, um, it's actually kind of um, predictable because everyone in week 12 of those candidates plays uh, easy matchups across the board. So um, I basically, I think uh, it's likely that all those four candidates win in week 12. The only potentially close matchup is um, Jimmy going going up against John Paulino. But I think even then, I'm comfortable, comfortable enough to give uh, Jimmy the win there. So I'm just going to say that everyone looks, uh, wins week 12, which leads us to uh, week 13. And the standings are John at 10 and 2, Mishi at 10 and 2, Jimmy at 9 and 3, um, and Cotton at 9 and 3. John and Jimmy have the points tiebreakers, so they're first and third, respectively, and um, and in week 13, also, everyone plays potential playoff hopefuls, except for Jimmy, who plays, like we mentioned, Steve Foltz, who puts forth a formidable team every week, <laughs> despite being, uh, what is it, like, 2-8 and eight now? <laughs> so um, I guess as I was planning this out, I was kind of thinking of more uh, exciting ways for us to go down. But um, the boring prediction is that Basically, everyone wins week 13 as well, and that the uh, standings stay the same. But um, if we were to get it fun with it, yeah. we can say that, for instance, John is roughly a 20 point favorite versus Paulino. Mishi in week 13, uh, Mishi is roughly a 10 point favorite versus Ilya. Jimmy is roughly a 30 point favorite versus Steve Folds. And Kant is roughly a 5 point favorite versus Jeff. Ooh, so, there we go. My fun prediction is that Mishi and Khan both lose that week because they have um, two of the smaller favorite uh, numbers. And Jimmy sneaks into the second slot due to the points tiebreaker lead over Mishi. So <laughs> uh, sorry, Mishi, you're going to have to play in round one. Um, but I think it's the it's reward for... Uh, all the points that Jimmy has uh, collected over the over the weeks, because I think he's in second place with that right now, um, and it's only going to get better again with like Pat Mahomes on his team. Yeah, I mean he's ten points ahead of me, so it's not like he's necessarily second. Like the fifth twelve the points, yeah, but that was mostly before, like, Patton was on the
0: team. That was, yeah, and, and Alvin Kamara was injured. Like, I haven't had the, this full team. This will be the first week. This won't even be the first week yet. Week 13 will be the first week where I have my full team. Like, I can choose any player I want.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, I was looking, um, I was looking at the team-by-team matchups. Um, that week 13 matchup you have versus... Uh, Steve Foltz, Basically, like two or three guys on your bench that can be starters for everyone else. Um, so, I was basically like, there's like, you're just gonna pick the best guy and or, based on matchups um, and kind of based on that, get a pretty comfortable win. So, um, yeah. Um, you say comfortable like a fucking sterile Comfortable, thing. by the way. Comfortable. Yeah. Um, I think there's some downside to having really good players because you don't actually know who to start. Like, and I'm hoping that Jim finds himself in a situation where it's like Keenan Allen versus like Adams or someone and he just like starts the wrong guy who ends up like having an eight-point game. And I hope that happens like week 15. Except you were saying that was a virtue for you like two weeks ago. No, I said it's a virtue for me when you're doing it from people you don't expect it from. But when you have that additional pressure on you, you have to, like, succeed. Because if you don't, you've, like, uh, definitively fucked up. Yeah, I don't think Jimmy's fine, though, because he has uh, just, like, raw force. Like, he has 35 points at his quarterback position, basically locked in. Yeah, there's no holes, like, really in the... It's... I'm hoping that, like, you need that to happen, like, two to three other times. For this motherfucker to lose. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I think that... Is exactly what will happen. Um, you, I want to, yeah, I want to talk a little more about the second prediction, which is um, we have five teams. Would that, you have predicted I would have rolled this J as well as I did during the during the interview? That's, that
0: was that's amazing. That was amazing. Yeah.
1: All right. Sorry. Continue. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, we have five teams that are currently battling to be the fifth and sixth seeds. Um, three of them are five-five. Five, two of them are four-six. It's uh, Ilya, Jeff, Antonani, John Paulino, and myself. Um, so those are the candidates. And looking at their schedules respectively, I give I basically assigned a win or loss um, based on my guess of what's most likely to happen. So Ilya is going to get a win, a win, and a loss going forward. Which will take him to seven and six for the season, and um, basically lock him into that fifth spot. Because Jeff, I see him winning this week, but then losing the next two matchups, which would take him to six and seven. Um, and I have going uh, loss, loss, win, which also puts him at six and seven. Uh, John Paulino, I looked at his schedule going forward, and it is a pretty brutal one. I have him winning. I have him losing the next three games. Um, let me pull up who he's playing real quick because he has a good team, so it's for him to lose like three straight. Yeah, he's playing me. He's playing Jimmy, and then he's playing John. So I think we all agree that I am the favorite to win this week, mm-hmm. and then go to against Jimmy and John is going to be pretty brutal. Week 12 and 13. So I have down for three losses, which drops him to four and nine and out of the picture completely. And as for myself, I have me winning against John Paulino, losing to uh, John Week 12, and then winning Week 13 versus Shane, which puts me at 6-7. and seven. So you're going to have three six and 6-7 teams um, where the tiebreaker is, of course, the points. And um, right now, Jeff has a... a Slim four-point lead over me for the points tiebreaker, but I think the fact that um, my team has more like consistent points providers, like Tyreek Hill and Leonard Fournette, I think I will overtake that Negro four-point lead and take the points tiebreaker and make the sixth spot. With a uh, six and seven record. Call me your fucking shot. I like it, both. I didn't, I didn't want to be like, yeah, it's me. I'm the sixth seed. But that's just the way the schedule looks. I can't help it. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Because I actually sat down and went through, like, week by week. How much you guys can add to it. But um, I don't know. I don't think it's outlandish. To say for instance like a six to seventeen will make the playoffs
0: this year, right? Considering that it's so top heavy with the uh, four or four mentioned teams. Yeah, I mean yes. I, I think I think Jeff probably wins his two like see, I it's hard because I don't want Jeff to be in it, but like I also don't wanna I'd rather jinx him because if he's in it, he's gonna knock me out. So I gotta make sure that like he he doesn't actually finish seven and six, but I can totally see him sneaking into the six seed and, like, winning it all because, some, like, like, just something really dumb happens.
1: Okay, the six seed is 100% winning the league. So, it's it's basically the rule of 15%. Yeah. What is that actually? It's, like, the thing where anytime anyone has a probability of 15%, they win. So, that was, like, the Eagles Super Bowl chances our year. It was, like, the Patriots. The next year, it was like, and he yeah, ended. It's just like it's obviously like a fallacy, not a fallacy, but it's like, um, like viral meant. But there's like a lot of examples of that happening. Yeah, which is like just really funny. I'm sure the 16 year league definitely has like yeah, a 15 percent chance to do that. We're a fucking league. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, I, I am actually curious, like if people have looked at their matchups going forward, going forward. They, yeah, like agree or disagree. Yeah. I mean, what, it's going to be John, Mishi, myself, and Jim kind of bringing, bringing up like, yeah, that first four. And then you're trying to figure out like, all right, in week one of playoffs, which of those, which of me, Mishi or Jim, like, let's be honest, are going to be playing, um, two of Ilya, Jeff, and, or you, Ilya and Jeff, John John and Pauline over you. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna just like for the sake of argument give that inside track to Jeff and Ilya, just based on like no not Jeff and Ilya. Yeah, definitely. Jeff and Ilya, I think they have Jesus Christ. Yeah, they have the most points of any of like the the five and five teams there. Mm-hmm. So for the sake of argument, like kind of if I did that and just going off of like what's in front of me, uh Jim's facing Jeff Weak week one of the playoffs and uh, I'm facing Ilya uh, at the same time. Um, I think i will be good. It'll be Mishi and John waiting in the wings. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Trash Talk. Like I said, in this scenario, um, a lot of opportunity for um, some good matchups. And then, yeah, whoever, like, brings up, like, that 5-6, whether it's, like I said, um, you, John, or Ant, I think it's going to be, like, good, like, beefy matchups. Like, Three weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just realized that yeah, first round Jimmy would play Jeff if things stay. As yeah. Are. <laughs> yeah, which is exactly which is exactly what uh, G- uh Jim is looking looking forward I to. I'm
0: projected so to score 165 points that week, so I think it's I'm... Not, it's
1: <laughs> not enough.
0: <laughs> I know, but you gotta hope.
1: All right, that's fair. Uh, all right, Jim. So before we kind of like get, get over to the jigsaw, I know this is kind of like jumping around um, all over the places, but we did want to give you the floor. Um, I think as the impeachment query would inquiry would say, um, the gentleman would like to be recognized from the state of uh, New York. If there's anything specific to an owner about your team, about a specific player, uh, fancy football related rant. Slack related. That you would kind of want to give, like a, you know, what's the thing where you give people like like a public notice, a public notice, a public notice. Yeah, yes, to the, to the rest of the league. Uh, I wanna, I um, wanted to give you the opportunity to do that.
0: All right. So I just want to give a shout out to my boys, Kamara Adams. Galladay and Mahomes. So all of those players I acquired last season, and ma- because I had Breeze, I dropped Mahomes week two. Uh, like, going into week two last year, because I was like, well, Breeze is going off. I don't need Mahomes. And ever since, I've been trying to trade Jeff for Mahomes, and now my homegrown talent's back. And then I added Cook, who's probably, like, I'm, it's the most sad thing about this year is that I won't have Cook next year. Like, it's just not going to happen. And it really sucks because I loved... Like, I think Davin Cook's probably my favorite player to watch because at any point he can explode. And, like, him and Kamara are just an insane uh, insane bunch to follow. And I also want to say one more thing that I was right about Mishi being the dark horse and uh, Ant's team... Has come crashing back down to earth and is now going to the depths of hell.
1: <laughs> I just, <laughs> just a quick thing about that one. Cook, uh, whoever drafts him next year, it's probably going to be me. No, for it, um, yeah. <laughs> he's going to miss 10 games next year, yeah. guaranteed. There's no way he follows up this year's performance with something, anything yes. remotely. Nope, not at all. Um, all right, so we're gonna end this with the jigsaw and thank Jim for coming on and being a part of this. So Jim, are you ready for this? Taking a long drag of your
0: jewel weed pen. Would you rather have three arms or three legs? What are you saying? Would I have three arms or three legs?
1: That's exactly what I said. Yeah.
0: Okay. So wait a minute. Okay. So where are the where's the arm and the leg?
1: So you're actually able to position them wherever on your body, as long as you understand you have to live with the social repercussions of having a third
0: appendage. Okay. And is my can the leg be a penis? Like when people are like, "Yo, it's this is I have a third leg."
1: (laughs) I mean, it can be whatever, but it's the shape of a leg with like toes and like things like that. Okay.
0: Um, I would go with an arm under my left side has like a goro like, like just basically like goro but he only has three arms. Yeah okay. or under under like like where my where your ribs like below where your ribs are.
1: Right. So
0: I would go with an arm and I would just be like the best UFC fighter ever.
1: <laughs> Wait would you would, would they like like the let best- you you would definitely be no you'd be disqualified for from competitive
0: uh fighting in sports for sure. Yeah. Are you kidding? I'm yeah. okay, fine. I get really jacked and I go to like Thailand and I just box like in like some sweat factory like for like you a bunch of... Get, like, you rich- can't get a ticket tonight to go to Thailand and do that. You don't need literally, literally.
1: Yeah. To, to make that happen.
0: Yeah, but I'm talking about with the arm. I become like a famous guy and then I have like YouTube video. I don't have YouTube videos, but I have videos that are all over Twitter and all this other shit and I don't, I'm, and I have like no teeth. <laughs>
1: 19, but instead of like dudes in Miami, you're beating up fucking like
0: Filipino children in. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's the that rule. Um, <laughs> what? Because, well, uh, also, also, like, do I. So it's a normal, it's just a, it's exactly my normal arm, right? Like, there's nothing. Okay. So with that said, like, there's just so many more things you can do with an extra arm. I just feel like there's so many things you can do with an extra – I feel like you can, like, climb a
1: building with – not a building, but, like, having, like, a three-way, like, pincer-like action, you can really get some, like, leverage. What are the benefits of a third leg? Because I don't think anyone would pick that up. Well,
0: the, you can squat more, so. Yeah, you would be the best soccer player in existence, mm. but that's about it. You can, can just – Kind of like a horse.
1: Can I just say something that's, like, the very last thing we say on this podcast and then we're just, like, okay, bye? Sure. Take the third arm, put it on your back, so that you can give yourself a reach around. That's it. Mm, that's fair. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. Thank you, Jim, for thank being you hope for that. <laughs> a no problem. Special recurring guest. Um, as always, rest in peace, Hugh Dane. Rest in peace, Sean Witherspoon. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. All right.